right, uh, welcome everybody to uh, episode 22 of Exit Interviews. Um, tonight with us we've got J-Ax and uh, Metal Sonic Dude. Um, thank you both for joining us this week. Um, so, Metal Sonic Dude, uh, <laughs> how did you uh, come to uh, or two Marvel Contest of Champions and uh, what, what kind of... Uh, started your content creation for it first of all thank you for having me lovely to be on the interview with you two gentlemen thank you so what started my contest career should i say well roughly five years ago i was uh it was around it was the end of november i believe november 26th and i saw a commercial on on television for it, it was uh, one of the 3D stills of Venom and Spider-Man when they started doing those commercials with 3D stills with the Grandmaster narrating, or I'm sorry, the Collector narrating them. And I was just entranced. I, at the time, I was in love with Venom. I loved everything about Venom, and I still do to this day. He's one of my favorite characters. Uh, but at the time, I was a huge Venom fan, and all I wanted to do was get Venom, pull Venom, use Venom. And that was that was all I wanted to do at that point. So I downloaded the game, and day one, I was questing with a two-star Black Bolt and a three-star Wolverine that I pulled out of a premium crystal. So around this time, this was when Contamination, the Daredevil event, happening in the entire game, in the game's history, to acquire star levels of champions uh, in like solo events for the event quest. So I was completing the beginner quest and I actually earned myself a two and three star Daredevil Netflix. So that was that was really cool. You know, I didn't I didn't really know how the champion acquisition system worked or the character acquisition system because I didn't know they were called champions. Uh, so I was like, wow, I have a three star Daredevil, I have a three star Wolverine. This is really cool. So I was just questing after I completed the contamination event just questing through content, and I, I learned about, like, the arenas, and there are other modes of gameplay, like uh, Realm of Legends, and I was really interested in all of that. So as, as time went on, I kept playing the game more and more, and at the same time that I was playing Contest of Champions, I was also playing a mobile game called Spider-Man Unlimited, which was a very, very lore, well, not lore, but very, very comic-related Spider-Man game. Just a lot of, a lot of, essentially, it was Temple Runner, but... Spider-Man skins, and there were a lot of Spider-Man skins from his his deep comic past. You know, a lot of deep cuts in that game, and th those were really the two games that I was playing at the time. And there was a, there was a point in the the conquest of the contest where I almost quit to completely devote my time to Spider-Man Limited. I don't remember specifically why. I think I just lost interest or lost a spark for the game during a specific time, maybe a year in. But I eventually uh, got that spark back and kept playing the game. And uh, unfortunately, Spider-Man Spider Unlimited doesn't exist anymore, but it was a good ride for the time it existed. But yeah, ever since that point, ever since that mental instability with the game coming back from that, uh, I've been playing ever since. Okay, so um, what kind of led you towards uh, uh, creating content? So, I wasn't always a YouTuber. My rise to stardom really came after my, my win at the 2019 tournament. 
I had a YouTube channel before then. I would make just random content, crystal openings, takedowns of Winter Soldier and Realm of Legends, quick little champion showcase videos, but nothing too serious, nothing uh, very skill-based. It was more of just uh, showcase content. So I was, you know, maybe had 100 subscribers at the time, which was excellent. You know, 100 people watching is, is something to be proud of. But I didn't really make consistent content. It was just sporadically. Whenever I wanted to make a video, I made one. And then I went to uh, New York and I won the 2019 tournament. And uh, I got a lot of recognition from very, very famous YouTubers in the company itself. And that boosted my, my social media presence. And then I decided to fully become a content creator for the game. Wow. That's crazy that uh, the... The tournament itself kind of launched you into uh, uh, into stardom like that. Yeah, I uh, I was definitely I, I because I had seen it happen before. You know, Legacy in two thousand and seventeen, Top Milo he had a little rise to fame in two thousand and eighteen when he was in the semifinals. Uh, so I I had seen things like that happen before, and I was. You know, after after I won, I was like, the next time I check my subscription list, it's probably going to be a lot higher. So just you know, prepare yourself for that. And you know, at the point I get back to my hotel room afterwards, but this is before we I go to the meetup, and you know, I see I'm at nearly a thousand. So I I kind of put it in my mind that all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna really try this content creation thing, and if it goes well, then I'm gonna keep doing it, and if it doesn't really catch on, then I'll just I'll I'll keep my presence as known as it possibly can be without being an annoyance. And I'll just, I'll keep on keeping on. Okay. Um, so, uh, what was that like being, uh, what you were 16 or 15 in the, in the tournament? Yeah. 15. Okay. So yeah. So kind of, what was that like being with uh, all the rest of the content creators, the, the higher ups that everybody else looked up to and, you being the one guy with a hundred subscribers, half you. It it was really it was a surreal moment. Lots of things during that trip. Uh, it was almost like a coming of age story for just me and and my my future with the game. Uh, it it, pr it proved to myself that if I wanted to achieve something, that I could, and nothing was going to be able to stop me. Even you know being as young as I am and and having you know, only very, very few experiences in tournament-style affairs. It, it just proved to myself that I, I could reach for the stars and, you know, rise above them if I, if I really wanted to. But being that young and being able to meet all those people, all those content creators, it was a really, really nice moment. It was a nice and sweet, sincere time during my life that I will v cherish for the rest of my life. Um, I, I had previously encountered some of the content creators, like I knew Seton from 2017 and we had, you know, chatted on and off, nothing to the level of today, but we, we had at least acknowledged each other. Uh, Lagacy and I became friends at two, uh, during 2017 Comic-Con, same thing with Yeet as well. Um, so I, I had like a baseline 
with people that I knew there, but there were a lot of new people. Like I had never met Hector before, Ladam Taters, leader of Four Loki. I got to talk more with Brian Grant. I had a very long conversation on multiple uh, accounts with Invincible. He was there as well. Uh, I talked to more of the Kabam employees. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to talk to Mike, but uh, I saw most of the Kabam employees. I talked to Gabe. Uh, Dave and I became really good friends at Comic-Con, and we're still, to this day, we, we chat as often as we can. So, yeah, it really just opened the doors for me to be welcomed into this surreal community of really exceptional people. That's awesome. Um, so uh, you said you talked to uh, some of the Kabama employees. Did you uh, hand them your CCP uh, application in person? <laughs> I, I did, actually. So um, during the meetup on Saturday, I was talking to Kabam, uh, Kabam Jim, Jim Perry. You're, if you've seen the Hercules videos, you'll see him. Uh, he's the one that Dave is talking to over the Zoom call. Um, so I, I talked to Jim, and we, uh, you know, we we sat down. It was me, Jim, Legacy, and Invincible. We all had a table, uh, Dave and Buster's, and we were just, you know, talking about the game and about interactions and champions and stuff. Uh, and, and I was talking about joining the CCP, and and he didn't give me a definitive answer like yes or no, but he said he'll he'll see what he can do. He'll see what could work out. Uh, and unfortunately, nothing could work out. I do have to be 18 to sign a non-disclosure, but it is what it is. Oh, so you're not in the CCP. I am not, no. 17 and how many months now? It's April. Roughly six months, and I will apply to the CCP. Oh, okay. Wow. No doubt you'll I get didn't... in. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, you'll get, you'll get in. If... I mean, there's absolutely no doubt. But um, so so that being said, um, you've pretty much done everything in uh, in contest, right? Yeah, I've I've completed all content in game, and I have uh, I have written my name in the in the legendary book of people who have won a tournament outside of the game. So I've I've pretty much accomplished all that could be accomplished. That's awesome, dude. Um, congratulations. And, um, thank you. I mean, <laughs> uh, so what, what do you, what keeps you busy in the battle realm? Right now, I'm just trying to hold out for the summer of pain. I really hope that's, that's coming this summer. Uh, I really was anticipating it last year. You know, I had finished Abyss, and by the time I had just finished up Abyss, uh, Summer of Pain was announced maybe a month later. Or, or Summer of Pain, the concept was announced maybe a month later. This was all to do with the roadmaps. So I was really looking forward to that. I was just hoping and praying that it was going to be last year sometime. You know, give me something to do during the pandemic. But unfortunately it wasn't. But other content came out that occupied me. Uh, but this year, I have actually been quite busy just doing a lot of content in Abyss specifically. I just... I just soloed Luke Cage for the 41st time this afternoon. So I've definitely been keeping myself busy with, with that guy. Uh, if, okay. Kabam, Kabam Sphinx, if you're listening. Uh, the title, The Judas Bullet. I, I would, I, I'd like that. That's um, a good call. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've been keeping myself busy with that guy. And 
uh, just a lot of other Abyss content. I'm making a lot of stuff with Professor X right now. Any type of content that I could I could make in Abyss, I'm I'm trying to do. Um, so Abyss has kept me busy. Labyrinth is you know it's only really for a damage showcase. It's it doesn't really yield any specific challenge because you have so long the timer is so long for Labyrinth. So it only makes sense if if applicable to go into Abyss. So. Abyss kept me busy just doing auto potion farming, you know, like not every day I'm doing high tier content. Sometimes there's just days where I'll clear an alliance quest or I'll clear an alliance war. And then for the rest of the day, I'm just auto potion farming Realm Legends Winter Soldier. And that's it, you know. So sometimes it's just really peaceful and calm days like that. And then other times I fight Luke Cage four times and I'm like halfway through an abyss path trying to find out if a specific interaction works out or not. So yeah, just trying to keep myself busy, challenging myself, going into story content, you know, fighting the champion, fighting the grandmaster. Uh, that, that's what keeps me busy and editing sometimes too, but that's on and off. Sometimes I, I really put in the time to edit. Sometimes I just throw in a video with my intro and outro and, and that's that. Okay. So um, you've, you've been known to use She-Hulk in a lot of content. Um, what, sh what can She-Hulk not do? So she cannot be used to solo any champion in Abyss that is a skill. Uh, just because her furies don't get refreshed when they throw special attacks. She, talking about things she can't do, any any matchup where you take bleed, incinerate, any debuff that's not poison, any type of damage reflect, she's not going to be that effective for. But overall, on a general spectrum, she can cover a lot of ground. She doesn't really have any strong limitations other than the the furies from the skill class being... Not uh, or not being able to refresh, should I say? Uh, and even then, she can still work for skill matchups. She still does have petrify. The furies will be on for a limited duration, so it's not like she's unusable in those skill matchups. But those are matchups that you would want to avoid with her specifically, just because the level of success is not going to be nearly as high in any other matchup. So if I had to say things that she couldn't do. Uh, any type of matchup that applies debuff she's not immune to and any matchup where she doesn't have access to her special attacks in a class disadvantage situation I'd say she'd be borderline useless okay so um, so back to talking about the abyss since you've spent so much time in the abyss how much time do you think you actually spent there oh man is this would this be counting my my initial five runs for completion and exploration or or are we talking uh, anything after anything that? after anything after exploration into hello and anything after exploration is what i said oh uh no Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you fine, X, and I can't hear MSD. Uh, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, there we go. All right, I can hear you now. Weird. Okay, so anything after exploration? 
After Sweet. exploration, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, it'd be better if I put it into days, not hours. Um, I'd probably say in totality, other than ex- completion and exploration, I've spent probably two weeks in Abyss. Two, three weeks. <laughs> That's a that, that's a lot, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a lot of that. A week for, a week of that comes from fighting Luke Cage and then just continuing down the path. Uh, you know, going to fight Old Man Logan, Havoc, Dormammu, and just just continuing down that line. Because sometimes I'll do that if I'm if I'm really bored. Uh, but yeah, a lot of it comes from fighting Luke Cage. A lot of it comes from. Like doing challenge stuff in Abyss with lower level, with lower star characters. So yeah, I'd say two weeks is a safe bet. So, um, about how many uh, teams do you bring in that are actually practical um, for the entire Abyss versus just one fight? Um. So for practicality, if I'm gonna go for a really deep abyss run if i'm going to fight like when i when i went to fight mr sinister for example the team i brought was mr fantastic she hulk magneto nick fury and human torch and that's a fairly practical team to clear most things the only thing i would get rid of is uh mr fantastic for or i'm sorry uh the only thing i would get rid of is magneto because um you really don't need him for specific paths now for like old man or uh, for thor ragnarok and for certain champs like that yeah absolutely you could use him but uh over over magneto i would take Aegon because Aegon can handle thor rags Aegon can handle most of the fights magneto can handle uh, with relative ease so if i would have swapped magneto for Aegon, uh that would have been an extremely practical team to get all the way to the collector okay um so uh- like how many impractical teams do you use? <laughs> oh, quite a few. If I'm going for specific stuff, you know, if I'm ever going to solo Omega Red, that's just two fights deep. I'll usually bring a team that uh, hypes up She Hulk as much as I possibly can. So of course, Mister Fantastic, Red Hulk, and Daredevil Hell's Kitchen, and then I'll either bring Heimdall or just another attack or health synergy champion to go along with it. When I'm fighting Luke Cage, it's almost always... Well, Luke Cage can be soloed with or without any synergy for She-Hulk, but if I ever want to secure that it's going to happen, make sure the Furies don't fall off, it's always um, Mr. Fantastic, Human Torch, She-Hulk, Daredevil, and then either, again, Heimdall or another synergy champion. But the Daredevil synergy really helps the Fury duration. It's really the only use that I have for my Daredevil. So uh, it's not like he's not getting used. It's just only for synergy. Yeah, so um, while we were in uh, Brennan's stream the other night, we were talking about um, why why you choose the, uh, the Luke Cage fight. Could you uh, kind of explain that a little bit? Yeah, so Luke Cage is, in my personal opinion, the hardest fight in Abyss that's not supposed to be um, like an RNG based lucky fight, like Collector is, 
Because Collector, if you get unlucky with Collector, it's pretty much over. And sometimes there's nothing you can do about that. You lose health when fighting Collector if you can't knock him down. It's just, there's a lot of factors that go into the Collector fight that it's it's challenging. But if, you know, if he evades, even if you have an evade counter like Aegon and the, the true accuracy doesn't crit once, uh, you know, and you get hit and you get stunned, it's pretty much game over. So I'd say the the most challenging practical fight in abyss is luke cage and it's also it's also the fight to kind of prove a she-hulk player's dominance uh i've i said this in one of my luke cage videos that if you can solo luke cage it, even if it takes you and uh, like you know heimdall saving you if you get hit a bunch of times if you can solo luke cage or do luke cage in like less than 3 revives you are a good She-Hulk player. And I really just chose Luke Cage because he's the only challenging She-Hulk fight in the game because she runs over the champion, she runs over Abyss Thing, she runs over Abyss Omega. It's really the only fight in the game where you actually have to know about spacing, you have to know about timing, you have to be able to stand up intercept like a, a messiah. Um... It's the most technical She-Hulk fight in the entire game by a country mile, not even close. So I I really enjoy the challenge of that. And going back to Summer of Pain, I really don't have any content right now that's challenging me or making me think outside of the box. But the Luke Cage fight, you always have to think. You always have to be ready to move. You always have to be ready to do something you may not normally do in a fight just because he's so sporadic. And you need to make sure that slow is maintained. You need to make sure your fury timing is, is top tier. So I really enjoy the pressure of that fight because not only is it a hard She-Hulk fight, the hardest She-Hulk fight, but it's a hard fight in general. Now, there are other champions that can solo it at a much more... Uh, methodical rate, a uh, lot slower, a lot uh, less fast-paced. Uh, of course, still difficult as well, extremely difficult. But the thing about doing it with She-Hulk um, over any other slow champion or other champion that can solo him is you always have to be thinking uh, on your feet. There is no time to breathe, essentially. You always have to know exactly what you're doing you have to be confident in your abilities you have to be confident in your intercepts and you have to nail every single move if you don't especially if you're past the enrage and he's fully unblockable uh if you don't nail your intercepts if you don't nail every single one of your movements you're gonna get destroyed so i really enjoy the challenge of luke cage that's why i've uh, essentially perfected my craft against fighting him and uh that's why i've fought him i've sold him 41 times so yeah <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so uh, we'll move on to something else. Uh, so the characters this month, uh, the Jabari Panther and the uh, Silver Centurion, how are you feeling about these two uh, new MROC characters? I've been a fan of the MROC characters. I, I understand why people don't want to see MROC characters in the game. But people have to understand that this game, Marvel Contest of Champions, is a story that is being told in the form of a game, and monthly event quests coincide with the game's story and the chronological timeline that is the Battle Realm. So when characters get added, they get added for the story, unless it's an exclusive like Weapon X or Platinum Pool or Gold Pool. Uh, those are just, you know, 
a, a special characters. They don't really have any any connection to the story. Uh, but yeah, so Jabari Panther, Silver Centurion. Seeing Jabari Panther in action, I think she's pretty solid. I see. It's difficult to say where she could land in the skill class because obviously we know Nick Fury is still the best skill. It's not even close. There's no competition in that aspect. But you know, the skill class has been buffed over the past few months. Kingpin, Crossbones, Falcon, all really, really good characters now. Falcon and Kingpin and have Mole just Man. shown... <laughs> Mole Man as well. Thank yeah. you for reminding me. Mole yeah. Man. Just four incredible, incredible skill champions that have been buffed this year. Uh, or this, uh, this year and last year. Uh, that just have blown the expectations out of the water for their previous states. You know, Mole Man used to be an extremely underwhelming skill champion, and now I'd consider him a top five, potentially top three contender. Same thing for Falcon. Falcon's a top three skill in the game. Kingpin, probably an argument could be made for top five. And Crossbones, in the right situation, has some of the highest damage per second in the entire game. So... Talking about Jabari Panther's place in the skill class, I think she has a lot of useful utility, versatile utility, but the things that she can do, other skill champions can already do. Now, her Purify is one of the strongest in the game, and I think that's really going to make her shine, but everything else that she can do, the Evasion Bypass, the Auto Block Bypass, the Strong Bleed, a lot of other skill champions have that in their kit already. So I think what's going to put her at, at on a high pedestal in the skill class is her purify ability and her high burst damage potential. But other than that, I don't think she's going to be the most impactful skill champion in the game, let alone champion in general. I do think she will have a place. She has strong utility. Uh, like I said, that purify. Uh, she can start off dexterity, which is truly a defensive mechanic in and of itself but she can bypass miss and evade as well as go stun immune during her her phase known as the hunt so i think she's going to be a, a pretty solid addition to the skill class you're not going to be upset when pulling her uh and as long as you learn the rotation you're going to have a good time using her because she does seem like a really fun character to play okay what about a uh, silver centurion silver centurion I before oh, we haven't I, we haven't released him yet, yet have they? Yeah, he he's not have been officially released yet. But from what I've read and what I've seen from fighting him, um, he he kind of looks underwhelming to me personally, because we already have a lot of champions that do what Silver Centurion does. He doesn't bring anything unique to the table other than the ability to apply plasma on champions that are immune to one or the other debuff. Uh, but his plasma damage isn't that high from what I've seen. It, it seems to be fairly decent, but his lock-on ability could be a taxing thing in certain matchups if you can't maintain close, uh, close counters, close encounters should I say. Uh, his inability to crit is nice, but against any shock mean character, it's just going to be uh, a net loss of damage. His armor is nice. The immune to the immunity to bleed and shock, similar to Iron Man Infinity War, is a really nice ability that will bring him some value as a immunity champion. 
And he should have decent damage output. He's going to have heal block as well. So, yeah, I think he's going to be alright. Not at the level of Guardian or Guillotine or any of the other champions released in the tech class over the last few years. I think he'll be okay, but I have a strong feeling. I could be completely wrong, you know? I could be under underrating his plasma damage entirely. I could be underrating his entire kit. Uh, I know he does have a slow, which is extremely unique for the tech class, but it's not going to save him, I don't utility and okay damage but he's not going to make much of a splash in my personal opinion of course gotta wait for the gameplay but from what i've seen right now reading his abilities he seems to be utility heavy and maybe not as heavy with the damage uh so yeah we'll just have to wait and see so i'm gonna those those will be my thoughts on him for now and, and my thoughts I, I would love for my opinion to be changed on him by the time he's officially released Right on. Um, Jax, you got anything over there, bud? Yeah, man. So, as you said, you know, the new champs, the MROC champs specifically, are here for the story. Have you caught up on the story this month and seen the new uh, cutscene? I did. I did indeed. The new cutscene uh, regarding the the entity that we, we initially thought was Entropy at the beginning, uh, correct? We initially thought that was yeah. Entropy? Yeah, it was around uh, Entropy. Not, we're, sure. we're not... Are we certain that it's entropy now? Because it's it's being it hasn't been officially referred to as entropy. It's only been referred to as uh, these larger than life mystic names. Yeah. Uh, so I looked at the names, and I've read a lot of comics. I even did some research. None of those names that I saw in this cutscene that they're like he's got many titles. They don't actually reveal the name. They just reveal the title, and the final title is the Chrono Servant. Yeah. And. This I've like I said I don't recognize this I don't think it's uh from the comics so I think it's a new Kabam original but the way they've been explaining this character it sounds like it's like Null combined with like the Chaos King like it's just it, it feels like a character that should belong in Marvel but it's also it sounds like a new creation because of the name yeah if it is if if it is a new character well we have to remember that um there there's the chrono serpent that's being referred to as this new entity in the battle realm and then there's also that uh there's also iron lad or at least what we assume to be iron lad from the champions are forever anniversary motion comic so um i don't know if he has any affiliation with this so-called chrono serpent at all yeah yeah I, i don't know so yeah, we have, we also have Galactus as well. <laughs> so of it's course, kind of, of weird that we have three different threats coming to the battle realm. And, and yeah, you can go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, man. Um, we we also have to take in the fact that the next month's events, the, the names of those events have been leaked. One of them being corruption, and one of them being uh, what is it, overseer and purgatory. Yeah, uh, of of course that one referring to Mephisto and the Watcher, but corruption that that could be a lot of different things. That could be null. That could be another type of uh, you know, larger than life atmospheric villain in in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or the Marvel Universe. Yeah. So it's yes, like Xander said, something related to hell or or like a demon, a, something outside of the mortal realm potentially that could be that could be coming to the game but i i I really i don't know it's it's gonna be interesting 
to see how the story plays out next month if if corruption is the next month's event uh to see who's coming to the game if it is hercules or if it is maybe a, uh another character maybe it's null making his presence known but yeah i'm i'm very excited to see how the story progresses yeah so um when we yeah when i talk about the chronostar print it says it has a taint, it's been tainting the battle realm with the corrupting force so this month it's we've already had the word corruption kind of basically shown to us tied to the new um, Chrono Serpent, and also the name itself, Chrono. You know, obviously with time, right? So maybe yeah. the new, obviously the new Kang, who's obviously looks from the future, or some version of Kang, can definitely tie into that fact. Um, and then maybe Galactus will help us. It's so it's so interesting because um, I, I, it's I'm excited to see what happens next. Yeah, and you have to consider the uh, the Emrock tie-in as well. We still don't know who killed Maestro. If there's another force as well lingering in the background, uh, trying to take over Battle Worlds, who might be. You know, maybe the Chrono Serpent killed Maestro and he's trying to make his way into <laughs> into the battle realm. And that, that looming presence that Mr. Fantastic was regarding was just the Chrono Serpent's energy kind of emitting from Battle World. Because Battle World is correlated to Battle Realm, of course. So, yeah, there, there's so many different paths and there, there's a labyrinth of options and, and potential theories to be crafted. So <laughs> I'm extremely excited for the progression of of the story and the act content to see what happens with this new Kang, the Chrono Serpent, uh, the tie-ins to MROC. Uh, and this is not to to hype up the champions of MROC. Like, oh, the, the MROC champions are going to be so cool. Like, oh, look at them. Yes, we need a ninth or an, a 15th Spider-Man or a ninth Iron Man. It, it's not about that. It's about what they bring to the story. That's what I look forward to. And if they end up being great champions like Sorcerer Supreme and Storm X and, and supposedly, well, not supposedly, Jabari Panther, then great. That's fantastic. But if they end up being duds, then, you know, kind of a, a bad month for champions. But what are you going to do about it? You know, just adds more to the story. And I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, man. So, you know, since we're talking about the MROC champions, do you play MROC? I do not. I used to play MROC for maybe two or three weeks. I gave it a shot, but I never, I, I just couldn't get into it. I'm I'm going to keep up with it for the story. I'm very invested in the story of MROC, but uh, everything relating, like the gameplay, I just think it's a very mismanaged game. I think... What happened to Disney Mirrorverse needs to happen to Emrock because the combat system is just... I, I'm not a very big fan of it. It's essentially a copy-paste of Future Fight, just a little, uh, a, a little slower. So I, I would love to see some kind of revamp to Emrock, make it more of like a Disney Mirrorverse, Mirrorverse-style game where it's not exactly a, a Marvel Constant Champions combat style but it's more of that you know side scrolling 3d adventure where it's not just button pressing you actually have to physically move your character and you can actually dodge things instead of just holding a pretend joystick and, and moving out of the way so yeah i would love to see something happen to emrock where it got like a complete overhaul to its its current gameplay uh, mechanics and features but I, as of right now i have no interest in returning to emrock yeah, fair enough, man. I always ask just to see what people have any thoughts on that game. 
Yeah, um, I I wanted to give it a try, and if it would have if it would have come out around the time of Comic Con or or after Comic Con when it was first announced, then it probably would have gotten a lot more love. But just the the year long delay really killed yeah. the excitement for it, and I feel like the the lowered expectations coupled with the lackluster gameplay mechanics, it just it it made for kind of a kind of a wash, you know, just nothing nothing that people really look forward to. Fair enough, man. Uh, there is a. I guess I'll give you a new update. So the new there's like a new event coming out soon. It'll be over King King T'Challa who died, and so that's just like the new event is about Black Panther specifically. I see. I see. Um. So yeah. So what about what what would, what would be one character you would add to the contest? Who? I've always I've always wanted to see Anti Venom. Uh. Me me and Simula. 67 are big anti-venom fans we've always wanted to see him in the game uh so he's he'd definitely be on my list uh i think he would be the character i'd want to see added and if not anti-venom if not another symbiote then probably i would love to see um cyber scarlet spider i think that would be such an interesting character to add to the game because yes it's a spider-man character but it's a completely different take on a spider-man character you know so i think cyber scarlet spider would be a really interesting character to the game now if they were to add scarlet spider and cyber scarlet spider man just living the dream right there but, <laughs> uh yeah it, cyber scarlet spider would be my kind of wild card pick if it wasn't anti-venom Okay, well, that's interesting. So um, I, I have this huge list of all teases, Easter eggs, and references to all characters not in the contest. And so both those characters you mentioned have actually been ref had a reference to them. So, so you said Scarlet Spider. I know it's not the Cyber one, but Scarlet Spider. His mask can be seen in the Collector's Vault. Um, and Anti-Venom was actually the name of one of the quest names during the um, Symbiote Supreme event. Yeah, I do remember Anti-Venom being a name of the Symbiote Supreme event. Yeah, that was... I, I, I enjoyed that little that little wink, that little nod. So, yeah. I, I, I hope to see Anti-Venom one day. That would be pretty awesome. One of, one of my favorites. Yeah, man. I, I just played a game called Spider-Man Edge of Time. And it was, yes! Uh, such <laughs> a good game. Yeah, it was fun, man. I made a fan build for Spider-Man 29, and it was so fun to play in that game. He's another one that would be like exceptional to see just visually. He looks like he's coming to the game, especially with the connection on the state of the battle realm map. Yeah, uh, connection to I mean, Punisher. come on, it Punisher 2099 yeah. Spider Gwen. Come on, I mean, like, who else could that possibly be? It's gotta be, <laughs> yeah, it's meant to be. It's in the stars, <laughs> quite literally. Yeah. yeah, legitimately in the stars, written in time. So uh, Jim had a couple of curious questions. Uh, I'm trying to find them back in the chat. Um, he said, how did you decide on the name Metal Sonic Dude? Uh, I've always been a big fan of, of Sonic, Sonic games. Grew up playing them. Um, and I was always like enthralled by the concept of, of Metal Sonic. I know he's not the first of his kind to be a doppelganger who copies abilities. But I always thought it was interesting that he could copy anyone's ability and then their ability would be rendered useless against him essentially like you know putting a mirror against them like 
they, they can't fight themselves, right? So what are they going to do? It's nothing. So I always really like that concept. And there have been a few runs of his comic or of his arc where he's been this like beyond God level threat. Uh, he ran his own planet. He had his own army. So I, I just always been in love with the character of Metal Sonic. So I thought Metal Sonic, Metal Sonic dude. And it's been my name for going on 10 years now, ever since like Xbox 360 live usernames. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a while, but yeah, just huge fan of Metal Sonic. So might as well add it to the name, make it part of the make it part of the whole gig. Right on, man. Um, so he also says, uh, will we see some Kamala Khan takedown of AOL Luke Cage? Um. If it ever becomes possible, yes. I, I promise it will happen. <laughs> and if not me, then I'll make sure Sweetie gets right on that. Why, why is that fight so impossible? Just because 5.7 million health with 99% of the... No, 97% of the champions in this game is impossible to take down in 240 hits. Unless you have a slow champion or your damage ramp up is so astronomical that uh, you can exceed uh, 5.7 million health within uh, 240 hits or 260 hits if you're a rank 3. So, yeah, if it ever becomes possible, if she ever gets a synergy that adds a slow to her kit, then there will be videos on it, I can assure you. When are we getting rank 4s? <laughs> rank 4 6 stars. If Summer of Pain comes out this year, I feel like we'll see a glimpse of Rank 4s. I, I feel like we'll see maybe the, the start of Tier 6 Basics. Uh, maybe not Tier 3 Alphas. I don't think anyone wants to see a Tier 3 Alpha right now, uh, especially with the T2 Alpha drought. Uh, but I think if Summer of Pain comes out, we'll either see one of two things. We'll see the introduction or the, the kind of start of, of Tier 6 Basics. As well as, or or should I say, or we'll see full T5 class catalyst selectors from Summer of Pain. Um, but rank 4 6 stars, other than that specifically, definitely by the end of Act 7, we'll have rank 4 6 stars. 100%, no doubt about it. No doubt in my mind. That we will be able to bring at least one 6 star to rank 4. Uh, very similar to how in Act 5... You could bring one six star or one five star to rank five once you hundred percent the game. Um, once you uh, once you hundred percent act seven, I think you'll be able to bring one six star to rank four. Okay. Um. So, uh, will uh, will you do variant seven with two stars? Sure, if it if it allows me to, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if there's some kind of cheese lane or some lane where I can ramp up champions, damage output, hero champions, then yeah, I'll absolutely do with two stars. Okay, so he also says, will you sell all of your CGR champions prior to May due to your ongoing war with Slayer of Gods? It's not a, it, it's it's really not a war, Jim. It's just Slayer stepping out of his league, so. I'll 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 keep my Cosmic Ghost Rider variant champions. He can he can have his fun. He says, uh, "What hat are you wearing right now?" Oh, I'm wearing only headphones. No oh, hat. Only no headphones. Hat. It, okay. One of the rare occasions, you know. I eat, sleep, 
bathe. Everything I do, I wear that Doctor Strange hat, but only, only for tonight, uh, I've taken the hat off. Uh-oh. Um. So he says, how's the musta- mustache coming along? It's gone. No no gone. more stash. N- yeah, no mustache, gone. huh? No All more. Right. Okay. <laughs> ketchup, mustard, or mayo? Oh, ketchup. Easily. Okay. Alright. He says, uh, it, are you in a relationship, and how does it, how does this significant other feel about your MCOC? I am in a relationship with MCOC itself, and I can't tell you how MCOC feels because it's <laughs> <laughs> Well, have you gotten any good crystals lately? No. Okay, well then, she's upset. Yeah, definitely upset. I'm gonna have to have a talk. <laughs> it, you know, it's probably something to do with with the Luke Cage thing. I I don't think they they like prepared the servers for him to be taken down that many times. So, you know, I might have to ease off. Maybe yeah. instead of once every day, maybe once every three days. Yeah, you know, you got to take a break every now and then. Yeah, of course, of course. You know, <laughs> like I I can't. All of March, every single day, I got a solo. So, you know, I can't go. I can't be like that again. <laughs> okay, um, Jax, you got anything else over there? Yeah, man. Um, what 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 would be a one character you would buff? Agent Venom. Nice. Agent Venom. I would give him a moderate, a moderate slash overhaul. Uh, I would want Agent Venom to be an absolute monster damage output champion uh so yeah agent venom i would give without question would be the champion that i buff nice man um uh (laughs) that's what i say every time man (laughs) uh but yeah yeah so yeah you said that you're so you're turning 18 so that's when you're gonna apply the ccp uh so i wanted to tell you man so when you first won new york comic con um i'm like a year year and a half older than you around a half a year older than you about and so i didn't take the game seriously until i saw you won because i was i was saying like dude no one of my age can play that good and so you blew it out of the water and that's when i started taking the game seriously yeah i'm I'm so happy that i'm an inspiration to people you know means a lot you know it's surreal that people are like yeah man i i I continued playing the game because of you or like you inspired me so that means a lot dude i'm i'm happy that you continued playing the game because of me (laughs) yeah man um so (laughs) jim asks you do you have any ideas for an agent venom buff and he's asking if you want a partner to make a buff um, I don't have a, I don't have any ideas right now, but maybe in the future, Jim, we can do a little collaboration, make an Agent Venom buff. I, I'd love to do that. Uh, but right now, off the top of my head, I can't really think of anything. The only thing, the only thing I know he would have is Spider Champions could not evade him. Just, it'd be, oh yeah, that, that'd be the only thing right now that I'd guarantee. Yeah, he, uh, he just returned into the comics, so. Yeah, anti-Agent Venom, I saw that, that's, uh, he looking pretty sick. Yeah, man, uh, you could turn into a dragon. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> That's pretty wild. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, man, you guys got to read King of Black. <laughs> and he'll, he'll be in the comics this summer with the big uh, symbiote event as well. <laughs> very, very exciting. Yeah, he uh, he died and he uh, came back to life. You guys got to read King of Black. Noel, uh, a big Noel event. It's really dope. Yeah, the fifth one just came out, didn't it? Yeah, the end of it. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. definitely catch up. I won't tell you what happened because it's uh, <laughs> badass. It is so badass. Probably my favorite Venom comic of all time. That nice. that issue. So definitely check it out. Okay. Um, Metal Sonic dude, uh, what was your favorite piece of content to play and uh, why? Mm, good question. I really enjoyed the maze. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> when oh, that first man. came out. You're like the third person that said that. I, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I'd love to see it again, and I hope Summer of Pain follows in its footsteps. I, I love a challenge that's not punishing. Um, of course, like if you get hit, yeah, you have to die. But I love a, I love a piece of content where if you play well, you'll be able to succeed. If you if you understand the matchup, you have, if you understand what you have to do, you'll be able to succeed. So um, the maze was great. I really enjoy Abyss 6.2 Champion specifically. Uh, I do enjoy 6.2, but the 6.2 Champion specifically is one of my favorite fights. The Grandmaster, absolutely love that guy. Uh, love pumbling him. So yeah, most of the story content bosses, the Abyss and the Maze, I would say, uh, is my favorite piece. My favorite pieces of content. Okay. Um. So who? What? Uh. Which champion gives you the hardest time to fight? Oh man, it's a tough one. I don't really have an issue fighting most defenders, but every once in a while. Uh, on on a you know once in a blue moon, Cable will give me like a really hard time for no reason at all. If like he triggers too many power gains from you know uh going over a bar of power and he just doesn't throw special attacks, he can just be really really annoying sometimes. So if if there was one champ that I would just avoid fighting just because of those situations, it would be Cable, and that would even be over Hyperion because at least Hyperion. Uh, you can manage his power. Sometimes when you're fighting Cable, even with like a Doctor Doom, if he triggers too many power gains, it's just not a good time. So, yeah. And and I hate the fact that they changed the special one after three years, but let's not get into that. Okay. Um. So, uh, which which update do you think was the uh, the biggest uh, change for you? Update in terms of like a, like, a patch. Like, yeah. Um, I think 12.0 really changed the game for everybody. So, yeah, I, I'd say 12.0 as a general rule of thumb is the most impactful update for any player who is around during that time. But the update that changed, um, that changed the way Mystic Dispersion functioned in Alliance War. That really, really changed the game for certain defenders. You know, it it, it decreased the value of Dormammu and Magic by so much. So I'd say that was another impactful update to the game where uh, that would that that's going to be remembered for a while, just like twelve point Okay. Um. So. Uh, Mystic Dispersion. Uh, how many how many points do you run in Mystic Dispersion? I only have one point unlocked in Mystic Dispersion, so I run one point. Okay, all right. Uh, I've I've been told like multiple things to run like two, three, four. I mean, it's really all 
preference, I guess. I don't even have it unlocked yet, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's preference. Definitely champions that benefit from it. Symbiote Supreme, Sorcerer Supreme, Doctor Doom in the right situation, um, Magic in the right situation. Uh, highly benefit from from Mystic Dispersion, but it can be a blessing and a curse sometimes. If there's too many buffs, then you can't do your Doom rotation uh, and stuff like that. So. I run one point just to get a little bit of extra power. Uh, if if a defender never goes for a reparry and I nullified one of their buffs, I don't have to land the reparry to complete the doom cycle because that little bit of power is going to push me over. So that's really the only reason I have a point in it. All right. Um, JX, do you have anything else? Yeah, my brother wants to know, oh. do you have any advice for going through endgame activities such as Abyss, Act 6, and 7? Have patience and um, learn your roster because I-, I see this on Brian's stream all the time when people ask him for rank up advice. They're like, who should I rank up? And they provide no context. Um, and they show their screen of like their top champions. So y- you really have to learn what characters you have. You have to learn what abilities, what pieces of utility uh, certain your characters bring to the table uh you know if you have a terax you got a bleed immune a shock immune uh, a heavy armor break champion a, a very a very nice medium fight style champion uh for content if you if you need armor breaks to counter killmonger or or something along those lines so you know that was just one example uh having like uh what is it? Night Thrasher. He's an evade counter, immune to incinerate, so you can fight Mephisto. You just you have to learn the champions that you have, and once you do that, you can invest in those specific champions. Once you learn and acknowledge the type of content that you want to conquer next, if it's a variant, if it's Act Six content, Act Seven, Abyss, Labyrinth, and then once you understand what champions you have. Uh, then you can progress forward into that content with with confidence because you know what you're dealing with. You know that um, you know this champion handles this. That uh, this that this prowess character is going to be able to take down this node, or that this poison character is going to be really good for this poison node. Etc. Etc. So uh, w- you have to learn your roster and you have to have patience because. Not everything is going to line up perfectly. There are there are, there are going to be some instances where yes, you are going to be able to complete uh, a piece of content because your roster was just lined up perfectly for that piece of content. Then you know, going for cavalry sometimes it doesn't work out like that. So you have to take them to your advantage as well as you and propel you so far. Uh, the one most useful overall characters, and this this has nothing. Uh, like I've already given that. Uh, but this is just for anyone. Star of Venom. Venom, in my personal opinion, is one of the most overall useful champions in the entire game, just because of how, how much variant content lay by 
himself. He in them one of the most baseline useful champions you will end uh he is just the progression he can bring to a roster. That's awesome, because as soon as I got Venom, I took him straight up to R5. Yeah, <laughs> not, so it's pretty dope. We're both Cavalier, and so he likes to get advice. Very nice. Um, is there like to give a spotlight too? I've, I've been trying to give Red Goblin as much the spotlight as it can and put uh but other than red goblin underrated i don't know there are a lot of underrated champ but i think black widow deadly origin really doesn't get a lot of love uh her shock damage is astronomical it's some of the highest in the game so i think People, you know, if they have Black Widow and they need a strong damage-dealing champion, she's great to learn intercepting with because of Widow's Insight. It tells you when your opponent's going to dash in. So I think Black Widow Deadly Origin is extremely underrated. Yeah, nice. that's, that's funny. Me and my brother were just talking, like, the other day, like, we don't see any content with her. Like, I, every time we're looking at people's rosters, they really don't use her that much anymore. So, and I was like, dude, didn't she do, like, crazy damage? I'm surprised. <laughs> Yeah, I have her at 455, and it's it's sad because I really want to take her up to 565, but there are just too many six-star champs I want to invest in right now, so I, I can't I can't spare the T2A. But yeah, yeah it's, eventually I will be able to get her to rank five, and I'll make I will make content. Yeah, I have her as a five and a six-star. It's crazy. Um, but uh, your luck is crazy. <laughs> yeah, dude, the, my luck this week has just been ridiculous i i mean what what did i get i got a falcon and duped him i got a new six-star jabari panther i got uh a five-star uh corvus and uh it's, it's just a bunch of other stuff you know i awake i used my uh cosmic awakening gym on uh, uh captain marvel movie before i got corvus so Whatever, you know, it's all good. Okay, uh oh, excellent. I can't hear you anymore. Hello, excellent. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. What happened? You're back. Oh, no. You're here. You're here. You're back. Oh, okay. Yeah, we heard most of it. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's. It's all good, dude. My luck's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um,. But uh, anything else? Do uh, you have any th uh, advice for people who are any other any other type of content? Uh, MSD. Really, just be patient, and and you got to work with what you've got. Uh, and if you don't, if you don't stay patient, you're gonna get frustrated, and you're gonna lose interest in the game. So I just you got to stay patient, and you have to be able to. Uh, Take some bad pulls to the face, you know. Take some bad pulls to the chin. So, 
yeah, I, I just, that's my biggest piece of advice is just stay patient and you have to work with what you've got. And if that means you can only do certain content, then do as much of that certain content as you possibly can until you get a character that will allow you to progress to the next piece of content and so on and so on. Awesome. Yeah, dude. Um, Jax, if you, are you, do you have anything else? Um, yeah, so how do you feel about Cavaliers and Grandmasters in general, or, like, spending and going for Cavaliers and Grandmasters? That's what my brother's saying. I don't think Grandmasters are worth it. Yeah. Never. Uh, but Cavaliers, if you get lucky, man, you can pull six or Nexus, you can pull Ghost, and, you know, 175 units, $5 for a six R Ghost. So, they're such a gamble, but with the increased drop rates, Sometimes it's okay to go for them, but for the most part, I, I'd steer clear. If you buy the Cavalier monthly offer, I think they're a great value because you get much more than just Cavaliers. But in any other situation, I'd, I'd say save your units. You never know what's coming around the corner. Yeah, fair enough, man. There have been many times where I uh, wish I didn't spend units. Um, same, same here, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you watching WrestleMania in the background? <laughs> I am. I am. For sure, man. Um, yeah. So, do you? Are, I, I'm. I'm sure I know the answer to this. Are you paying attention to the MCU? And if, of course you are. But uh, how would you like to see the MCU, specifically the Disney Plus shows, affect the contest? Because we have not seen it happen yet. You know, there would be a lot of a lot of different things that could be implemented from the Disney Plus shows. Yes, I am keeping up. I am on I am up with Falcon Winter Soldier and all the MCU stuff that's currently available to us. You know, adding a character to the game like Agatha Harkness or adding uh John Walker um bringing that that unique aspect, you know, the the MCU Plus is what it could be referred to as because it's not it's not in the theaters, but it's on Disney Plus, but it's still the MCU, so the MCU Plus, you know. Uh, but bringing those characters to the game, as long as they correlate with the story, you know, that's that's a big thing for me. I don't want just a throwaway character added for no reason, you know. And that's why when people ask for, you know, let's do, uh, where's Adam Warlock? Where's Sandman? Like, yeah, that would be great. But if they don't fit with the story and they're rushed and they suck, whose fault is that? It's not the developer's fault. You guys were begging them to bring in Sandman and now Lucky sucks. So um, I would love to see the MCU Plus characters get added to, to the game as long as it works for the story. As long as there are no big events happening where bringing in just a, a completely off-topic or, or off-the-rails storyline that involving like John Walker, uh, then I wouldn't want to see them. But as long as it, it fits with the story or as long as the story is not heated right now or, or it's not intense, uh, I would love to see MCU Plus characters implemented in the game with some kind of like incentive. Because I feel like it would be the perfect ploy by Marvel to incentivize people to download Disney Plus if they were bringing Disney Plus Marvel characters to the game. Like, hey, if you download Marvel Content Champions, you get a week of Disney Plus for free, you know, or something like that. So I feel like it would be 
like a huge, a huge ploy by Marvel if they ever decided to do that with MCOC. Uh, so yeah, who knows? Oh, dude, yeah, that'd be so cool, man. And yeah, the MCO community, we don't really see a lot of new players that I've seen recently, and I w- that would be such a marketing ploy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it's also another thing is like we if you're gonna do like John Walker, he's he's gonna be a super soldier, sir. Like he's gonna have, he's gonna be a super soldier, and we already have super soldiers in the game. How can we buff those? And so it's kind of interesting what they pick and choose to do. And I think that's kind of why they haven't done the MCU shows is because hey, we got a Vision, we got a Scarlet Witch, we got a Captain America, we got a Falcon, you know, so on. So especially Loki as well, it'll be interesting to see with that. So I would love to see it happen, um, um, for for sure. And uh, yeah. It, it just it has to fit in. It has to be like puzzle piece going into the game. It can't just be a rogue storyline because they're trying to make money off Disney Plus. Because yeah, it'll bring in new players, but it's not going to add anything. It's not going to add any complexity yeah. to the game. Uh, even if the characters, you know, even if John Walker, Captain America, becomes like the best science character in the game, uh, that that's not going to matter because it adds nothing to the story. You know, he'll just be another. Like, oh, maybe we'll see him as an Act 8 boss, or, like, the second quest of Act 8 on Chapter 3, you know? So, I just as long as it correlates to the story, as long as things fit into place, I'm completely uh, up for Disney Plus characters, or MCU Plus characters, uh, coming to the game. So, how do you feel about the new, uh, the Sigil Witch? Mmm, Sigil Witch... At this point, she's not new. <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah, she's, not, not she's new not anymore. New. Yeah. Um, I was excited at first, and then I found out that she's not going to be coming to the game as, you know, in, in December. I, I do think she is still coming to the game, but in a different, in a different way of, of the natural. Not as like a crystal release character. I, I think trophy champs what you saying? Yeah, she might be a trophy champ. She might be I'm this I predicted this ever since she didn't or ever since she wasn't released in December, that I I think she could be one of the prizes for the Summer of Pain if you're able to one hundred percent it. Oh. Uh so that's that's my personal theory. Like Sim, very similar to Labyrinth Ultron, you know, if they're, you know, leading Summer of Pain to be this extreme piece of content, and they want to reward players for completing it, then adding Sigil Witch as an exclusive for Summer of Pain, I feel like that would be great incentive. Yeah, in so I was, uh, I was watching. Well, I, I'm not going to say why, but uh, I was going back to the unofficial Marvel Conscious Champions podcast number sixty-five, which is the first Kabam Gabe interview. Um, and in that interview, he talks about why Labyrinth Ultron is a thing and why we don't get other, um, like, there's a lot of game file champions we don't have in the game because they're yeah. just skins of characters. And he said specifically the reason why this is is because, hey, we wanted to change them because, you know, for sure, Labyrinth Ultron was supposed to come to the game. There wasn't supposed to be Age of Ultron. So once they saw that, they replaced him. And that's why we got Labyrinth and Labyrinth, you know, it's, it's why it happens. So he's basically said that. There are skin chant like there are skins for other champions in the game files, and we might release them later on as incentives, like we said, like as trophy champions. Mm-hmm. So there you go. You know, skin champions will be trophy champs. Yeah, so that's, I, that's I like d- great. I definitely think that uh, Sigil Witch is going to be an incentive-based champion. I 100% think she's uh, 
she's going to be the reward of some kind of content. I don't think she's going to be a Legends run reward specifically. I think it's going to be uh, some kind of temporary content or like a special event. Uh, it's just, just something to, to incentivize people uh, playing the content or hopefully not the latter what i'm about to say hopefully not spending money but it, it might lead to that but i really hope she is an incentive for like the summer of pain you know as like you 100 summer of pain you get a five star sigil witch or something like that i think that would be super cool okay yeah if you uh got anything else jay Yes, yeah, so my my brother. He asks, uh, "What's your favorite and least favorite part of the community?" Favorite part of the community is how quickly people are willing to help. I think that's a really, really good trait in people that not many people nowadays have. You know, not, a lot of people don't care nowadays. So, people being willing to help is a really good trait. So, um. Yeah, I think that's probably my favorite part. And my least favorite part is just when misunderstandings happen and people like can't see eye to eye and it has to be, you know, other people have to get involved. I really don't like that because it's just unnecessary, you know. There's no reason for for any type of controversy to be held. And if there is controversy and if there is a need for a discussion, then it can be it can be held it can be held behind closed doors. It doesn't have to be a public affair. I just think it's it's a bit immature to like publicly berate people or, or publicly disrespect people, even even if they have been wronged or or wrong in the past. Uh, I don't think it's it's just a, a mature move from a community that is mostly based around adults to just like publicly insult people that's not in a in a comical or like a, a joke style uh regard so m in terms of least favorite parts it, it's more of a least favorite aspect um I, i'd say the uh the, the the immaturity of some of the arguments in in the community and in misunderstandings i I just don't think it's necessary to be as public and as as open as it is. I think people should be able to, you know, realize that they are adults or they are young men, young women that can that can handle things as, you know, rising adults or current adults in in a reasonable and mature fashion. Okay, so um, go, going on with that, about how many? How about how, what percent of people that do you uh that you work with like on abyss or or labyrinth or something like that um are are just plain rude to you i don't think anyone's ever been specifically rude to me there was one kid at new york comic-con last year that was so salty that i i won the tournament that he was like calling me out on social media uh it was beneath me to get involved so i i didn't uh but other than that one kid that was just like salty because he he to put it frankly he wasn't good enough uh, and was like pissed off <laughs> uh, other than that no one's ever been rude to me uh I, I don't i don't cause controversy i don't like get in people's faces i don't disrespect people i have strong opinions about certain champions and i'm willing to fight for them but 
no one's ever been specifically rude to me in, in a way that like I had to contact them on a one-on-one -on -one basis to where I was like, hey man, this is not okay. Or like, we, we need to talk about what happened here. So yeah, no one's ever been really rude to me and I've never really been rude to anyone else. Awesome. It's good to hear, yeah. dude. Yeah, fair enough, man. Um, my brother, he's got a final question for you. He says, are there any big comic events you'd like to see for the contest? I know people would hate this answer, but I don't care. Uh, Spider Island. Some, some kind of Spider Island event. I'd love to see something happen with that. Um, I think that would be very interesting just to bring i know people don't want to see more spider characters i don't care uh I, I want to see more spider characters so uh something to do with spider island some kind of of storyline with scarlet spider uh I, i'd absolutely love to see that in the game yeah man i can tell you like spider characters <laughs> um yeah so I, my, I guess my final question is is uh i don't think you said it earlier why do you want to join the ccp I think my perspective on champions and just a, a show showcasing that for for the most part, for most people, I play the game in a different way. Uh, I think bringing that perspective to the developers itself could add another level of complexity to the way they make content. Uh, and not that's not saying specifically I would be the reason people or I would be the reason content has changed, but just adding that layer of complexity, adding another layer of play. Uh, a step above other other content creators, not putting them to shame at all, just saying from like the the videos that other content creators make than the videos that I make just on on different levels in terms of just baseline content. Uh, I think adding my personal perspective would benefit the content creator program as well as it would give me the opportunity to test things that I would never be able to test on my live server because I have access to any certain champion I would need for a rank up. So if I ever wanted to test an ability in Abyss, you know, I wouldn't have to spend five hours sporadically throughout the day trying not to use potions and, and revives uh, where I could just go into the CCP beta and get through stuff with revives and test something and if it works great, if it doesn't, whoopsie do. Uh, and just stuff like that. So it, a lot of it revolves around providing my perspective on the game, but there's also that part of you know using the beta to create content and test things to help the community and also help myself answer questions that I really want to see answered. That's awesome. So uh, what kind of questions do you have for the CCP? Nothing specifically. I mean, I really, I, I know everything that the CCP does. I, I know about, you know, their embargoes. I know they can't talk about champions until the embargo has been released. I know they get information about events prior to anyone else. Um, I don't specifically have any questions relating to the CCP. My only inquiry would be how often do, like, creators get to communicate with kabam itself uh you know like the kabam employees themselves uh that would be my only question for them that'd be the only improvement you'd like to see if it's if it's very limited you'd like to see it expressed yes. more okay be because if, if you're in a if you're in a program with you know if you're in a program signing an nda un under a company that you're making content for you should have some level of interaction so if it's if it's low, then I'd love to see it improved. If it's 
like fairly high, then I, you know, I I just look forward to hopefully one day being in the CCP. Awesome, man. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you there. Yeah, same. Um, yeah, so uh, I think Xander wants to know uh, what would you uh, see, like to see Miles buff? Look like? <laughs> uh, he definitely needs an invisibility in his kit. I think he needs um, he needs some kind of damage ramp up and persistent damage ability that revolves around okay. shock uh, and critical hits, uh, as well as he needs a built-in dexterity mechanic. Ooh. All right. Okay, cool. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, since, you know, Colossus has his built-in parry mechanic if he has armor ups. Yeah, I, I think Miles having an ability like Nightcrawler, built-in dexterity, I think that'd be great. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, dude, so if that's uh, if that's about it, then uh, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Um, but we'll say uh, thank you to Metal Sonic Dude um, for joining us this evening. And uh, JX. Yeah, uh, yep. thanks. Thanks again for co-hosting again, man. You're awesome. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, awesome. Thank yeah, you guys this... for having me. This was a blast. Yeah, thanks for coming by, man. We appreciate it. And uh, hopefully uh, everything in your future is bright. Same to you, man. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. All right. Well, good night, everybody. Good night.